When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm caught in a time warp, Renzo. I almost said happy Monday to you. I, I think even uh, even with our little pre-show chat, I was confused about the day and the week. Um, whatever day and time it is, which it will be, it will vary depending on when you watch and listen to this. It might be Wednesday or Monday, as I called it. Uh, if you're one of our patrons and you're joining us live, us also be. I mean, Mark, time is you know a social construct. It's gender fluid. It's morally ambiguous. Time can be whatever we want it to be. Did my mic just cut out? It did for a moment. I just okay. ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how much of me just going on and on about what day it might be. You guys all heard, but we are live for our patrons on a Wednesday. This show also releases on a Wednesday. So it's a decent chance it's Wednesday. So let's just go with Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Renzo. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, Mark. How are things? Things are good. I actually went to the comic book store for myself. Not really. I went to go pick up some uh, some books for our patrons recently. And I thought, you know, I have not bought myself an actual comic book since October. So I wanted to actually peruse through what That's was how going much we on. love our patrons, our supporters that that for some reason that we still don't fully comprehend pay us to talk about comics, but they also pay us uh, at this, at a certain level uh, to send them comics, to share comics with them. And I think there was a, a a lull there in both of our comic purchasing where we were only buying comics for our patrons and none for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we've we've turned that around cuz we need to have some fun too. Yeah, because I mean, the the patrons are what's taking me to the stores. And for everyone that knows me, you know that I try and buy all my comics through local comic shops. I stay away from Amazon. I stay away from Barnes and Noble unless I'm ordering through like a Midtown Comics or something. But as much as I say buy local, buy local, buy local, I have bitched in the public feed as well as the Patreon uh, feed in the past my disdain for one of my local comic book stores, I think I'm actually going to go ahead and just break up because I found another one only 15 minutes away and kind of a harsher part of Milwaukee that I usually don't like to venture <laughs> near. But I mean, the guy there actually likes comic books, unlike the manga. That should, be a that should kind of be a requirement to run and own a comic book store. Here, here's my rant. Here's my rant. There's a... And I'm not gonna, rant live, not even behind the paywall. Yeah, I'm not going to call them out because I still think I need to go back and get a few more from there <laughs> because they have some books specifically I want to get for some people next month. But um, this comic book store is run by what I call manga droids. And I have nothing. It's mm. not a problem with manga. 
I am not attacking manga. My problem is with people who only read manga and intentionally shit on Western comic books. Oh, and they, they look down on, uh, on those of us who might not read anything that's just... Oh, you're comic. reading a superhero book? It's like, shut the fuck up, Nancy. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they work there. And I mean, half the store is comic books and comic Alan book Moore, he's old. Why would you read something from Marvel um, that's so consumerist? I mean, I'm basically quoting the shit I hear, but like half the store is comic books and comic book merchandise. She's right about Marvel just for the wrong reasons. Yeah, just for the wrong reasons. It's like, I can say that. You can't say that. Um, So half the store is manga stuff. And I think that's a good blend. You get a good number of people that come in. And as most comic book stores have reported pre and post pandemic, the stuff that is selling is manga. And we even see this at Barnes and Noble, uh, which is actually getting out the most graphic novels in circulation these days. The comic book and graphic novel section has shrunk and the manga section has exploded. I'm not hating. I like manga, not as much as other people, but I have no problem with it. But the people that run my local comic book shop almost absolutely hate comic books. So I went through a bind where when I got back, I tried selling a bunch of things and I tried selling comic books. I tried selling a CGC rated Frank Cho signed Batman cover. Like these guys won't take anything. And it's not because they don't think they can sell it. In fact, this store can't sell because they do sell things like that. They're intentionally not taking comic book related items. Are these just kids that work at the store? Yeah. They're not the owners because I would think the, the owner, owner would, the owner maybe would like to know it. about this this non business. Uh, but that's but that's the other strategy. thing. I've never been to a comic book store where the owner is not present. Yeah. I have never met the owner of this comic book shop, and that kind of bothers that's odd. me. That's odd. Yeah. It's one thing to have a few employees in and out, but I should at least know who the owner is. Almost every comic store owner I know, one in LA, I mean this literally with him live in live in their store. He literally lived in his store like he had it not not in like a bad way. He had like a whole apartment on the the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that it, to never meet a, a comic store owner of the store you've been to even even once would be weird. But if you've been there a number of times, that's super weird. I spent a lot of money there, and um, you know I'm I'm at the point now where. Uh, they they don't they don't really change out the new books, so some of the stuff is disorganized. There's not a lot of love that goes into this. So anyway, uh, I went in. I was like, you know what? I don't know when I'm gonna come back to the store next time. I'm gonna venture out to another store, but I haven't bought myself much of anything. So I wanted something familiar, something that I knew they really couldn't fuck up. I was looking for Superman books. Now I have not read um, a Superman book since that atrocious Superman son of El by tom taylor talked about that enough so i was like i don't know what's going on in is that the one comics. where young superman uh threatens people with his laser eyes if they don't like recycle yeah basically okay. he's he's a he's antifa superman so when he's not you know threatening to collapse countries because borders are mean uh he was doing that shit but i don't really know what's been going on with uh with action comics i knew about the war world stuff eric I knew is about, here he wants it he wants you to know he supports i the, i, I think i'm getting out of this toxic relationship eric <laughs> i i really do um so i think you know i knew about the world war stuff the war world stuff the stuff with the authority i knew that superman has his uh secret identity back because I wasn't really reading a lot of the Kal-El stuff outside of like Brian Michael Bendis from a couple of years ago. So I went through and there were two limited series I want to talk about today uh, that I picked up. One of them, I, I picked up all three issues. It was a three issue limited series that was in these pretty large 
thick, almost like black label cover books uh, called Superman Space Age. It's an Elseworlds tale. And then we have another book that just came out. Issue one is on the stands. I think issue two comes out at the time of the release of this episode. Um, it's called Superman Lost. And I cannot tell right now whether it's an Elseworlds story or whether it's a limited series that could be referenced in main continuity. But I had pretty different thoughts on both. All in all, like, I'm glad that DC right now is doubling down on Superman in the comics, and they seem to be wanting to reemphasize that with uh, some of the stuff coming out. We have a, a Superman anime series or something coming out, Adult Swim, My Friend Superman or something like that. Uh, we've got I haven't some... heard about this at all. Uh, you're, I get all my news from you, so tell I'll me I'll send more. you the trailer. It doesn't look too bad, but you can tell, like, this is not your standard Superman cartoon. It's not... It's not super serious. It's almost like a Superman satire, but I like seeing Superman. So, you know, I got both these books. I have mixed thoughts on both, but, you know, I think right now, if anything is going to get me back in, it's going to be a couple of limited series where I can just focus singularly on the story and nothing else, even if I'm not a biggest fan of one of these titles. All right. Well, we are going to talk our current sort of pull list this week, which we haven't done in, in quite a while. Uh, I, I am not going you to break have up. a pull list. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why uh, I, I am not going to break up with my comic shop. My man, Scott from read more comics. And uh, he's a swell guy. He's a smart guy. He's a shrewd businessman. I will say that uh, he is never one, shy to add a book to my pull list and say, Hey, check this out, which you got to appreciate the hustle and that, you know, and, and sometimes I do go, no, oh, you got me there. A lot of times I don't, you know, a lot of times I actually pass on Superman lost uh, because I just wasn't going to get two Superman books or two of any one book. Cause I'm very picky when it comes to these books. So I'll just let you know the three books that I picked up this past week and uh, we'll see what, what order I talk about them. And maybe we'll go Superman, Superman back to back to start off. But I got, Superman number two from Joshua Williamson. Now this, this I got Superman number one because Scott added it to my pull, and uh, and I said, ah, screw it. It's a number. One. See, a number one with a classic character that I have enjoyed in life can always get me um, to at least check it out because I'm always interested. All right, maybe. Maybe I can get on a little run here, and then I like the idea. If this is a good run, maybe I can actually collect issues 1 to 25 of this run, and I can kind of have that in my collection if it turns out to be some kind of memorable run. I'm a lot less likely to do that if Joshua Williamson takes over Superman with issue number 3 or issue number 19. So in this case... Well done, executives. Uh, the gimmick, the, the number one re-gimmicking uh, worked with me. So I did check out uh, that series. So I'll talk about that. I've also been reading Jeff John's Stargirl and the Lost Children, which I just got issue number five. I'll rank these at the end because I have very, very differing thoughts on all of them. And lastly, I've been sticking with it. It started off because I, I really wanted to see his take on the character. And I guess it's finishing off because I still really want to see his take on the character, but I'm very confused. I'm not sure what's happening. If it was any other writer, I might not be giving him this kind of slack, but I am continuing with Chip Zdarsky's Batman. And I'm very hesitant to do so. So we'll talk about all of this, Remzo. But uh, why don't I start off on a positive note? Because I want to be a positive person around here. Um, I'm going to start off with the, the book I've actually been enjoying the most of all these. I'm going to start at the, at the absolute absolute height of things of, of current books I'm reading and work all the way down. Now, I should comment on the fact these are all DC books, uh, no doubt about that. I think I found, especially in adulthood, that when when there's ebbs and flows of DC and Marvel, like I would say right now I think Marvel's product is on a pretty 
steep low for me anyway. I've I've tried I've ch- I've checked in on a few different titles that I, and writers I've enjoyed, characters I've enjoyed. I tried to give the the new Fantastic Four a shot, just like I am with this new Superman. It didn't do it for me. It would be the nicest way to put that. Uh, it wasn't even the Fantastic Four. It was started off with four single issues featuring the individual characters. That's how you start off my Fantastic Four, and then they get together for an issue, and then already the solicits for issue seven are talking about how half the team is missing. It's like. Dude, you can do that if you're yeah. if you've if you've John burned this thing for like two years and then you do this as part of you don't start off a new number one with the Fantastic Four with like two thirds of the issues not having the Fantastic Four together. That's so toxic. Black. We already went through like how many years where there wasn't an FF title, and then when we started seeing the characters back, it was Johnny and Inhumans, and it was the thing in a uh, infamous Iron Man, and it's like this isn't the same. Stop doing this. Yeah. So here we are. I have tried. I, I checked in on the the Venom, um, uh, the the Donny Cates Thor. Even that, I was loving that in the beginning of his run. Even that has kind of died out for me. I, I've checked on that a few times. Just nothing really feels special at Marvel. And if I'm actually going to go to a comic shop and hand Scott my hard-earned money, it's really a credit card. It's more like, anyway, whatever. Uh, I, I'm you're darn sure it's going to have to actually keep my interest. So, or the in only- some way, now keeping my interest could might be a negative way as as one of the books we'll get to, but. I wanted to start picking up a couple of the uh, Captain America titles. You have Captain America Symbol of Truth, which features Steve Rogers, and you have Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. Or maybe it's the other way around. Either way, we've got a Steve Rogers book, and we have a Sam Wilson book, which I have been opposed to since the beginning, because essentially what Marvel has done in their uh, you know pr- progressive wisdom is they've said, let's have white Captain America and let's have black Captain America. Much like how it used to be, oh, we have Spider-Man, and then we have this other Spider-Man in his own world who's doing his own things and figuring out things by himself. Now we have old white Spider-Man and black Spider-Man. The worst which, part about that is that it diminishes both characters. So both characters yeah. are watered down. Both characters are not the Spider-Man. The original has this other upstart running around. Uh, the new guy is just whatever is going to be seen as black Captain America or Puerto Rican Spider-Man, whatever it is, because they are, because they weren't given their, they're not their own character. Yeah. And I, I think what they did with bringing Sam Wilson back, and it was entirely because of the Disney plus show and the fact that he's going to be in the movie again for, uh, for Captain America for new world order. They just crammed him back in the Captain America suit. They did this prior to that series. They did it with the United States of Captain America, where every Captain America was like either obese, indigenous, or had AIDS because Captain America is not special. Oh, I mean, I should do a, I should do a rant about that in the Patreon. But anyway, the, the Captain America books, the two that are out right now that I thought about getting into, which are both like four or five bucks each, like, they're expensive. And I looked at the stuff in there. I'm like, this is not justifying this at all. They're doing a, a whole new crossover event called cold war in which they turned Bucky into some type of like anime emo soldier. And I, I guess cap, I, I, I'm sorry, Steve and Sam are going to be fighting each other at the end of it. It just feels, it just feels stupid. And I saw some of the dialogue from some of the recent issues of the Steve Rogers run. And I mean, these writers, the, these artists, they don't get the characters at all. Um, I don't think they read any Captain America series prior to this. It's just it's just trash. And I saw that at the store. And that was another reason I was like, just go to D.C. Just go to D.C. Because D.C., even at its worst, even at its worst, 
the worst DC book is still better than what I would argue the best Marvel book on the stands right now. I don't know about worst because the worst DC book might be really digging digging deep into the, the worst DC so book the worst was canceled. It was Gay Robin. You know, if they actually called it that, I might have read it. <laughs> Instead, it was like the Robin title sucks because no one actually wants to write an interesting Robin title. So let's just make him gay, and that should fix things, right? No, no, it doesn't fix things. At least they cancel their books. <laughs> Now, at least. The thing with that Robin book, too, is that Robin actually has a history of being a straight man and having a girlfriend, Stephanie Brown, having a really interesting story over many, many decades with that with that person. And then so it really is like a retcon, you know, because they they were they never showed any struggles about whether he was, you know, how he felt about women or anything like that. So it's not like it was something the seeds were planted for or any bullshit like that. It's a complete retcon. You know, if it you was, do that with some new yeah. character, maybe I don't care as much, although I would probably probably still be annoyed by it. I, I mean, it was just I, I collected a, a couple issues of Brian Michael Bendis's Young Justice, which was the last ongoing series to feature Tim Drake before it was the Batman Tales of Gotham thing where they retconned him. And it was like one minute he's like, Stephanie, I love you. It's you and I against the world, baby. And then the next one, it's like, I like Dick. It's like, whoa, this came out of nowhere, dude. Like, that's just that's not how you write a story. That's not how you do it. And, and that's the thing. Like, if if it made sense to bring Sam Wilson back as Captain America, fine. But here's the thing. There can only be one because it's not good to Steve Rogers. It's not good to Sam Wilson. I say the same thing about Miles Morales, and I've said this enough times. And I'll end it here. The worst thing they did to Miles Morales was Secret Wars. Uh, where Hickman merged everything and now you've got two Spider-Mans. It's like you made everything about him that was special and you took it away. And you, you just can't undo it at this point. You just really can't. So, yeah, DC's going to get my money of their two limited series books on Superman, even if I liked one more than the other. Well, this first book I've been reading, Stargirl and Lost Children, that is also a limited series. And it's that's your first Yes, that's that's, that's your that's your top of the pile. Okay. That is the top of my pile going from because I, I said I wanted to start off on a positive okay. note, Remzo. I really, it, I wasn't predicting that one, but I don't, now I'm intrigued. Well, look, if, if there's one thing that you can pretty much always count on with Jeff Johns, uh, say what you will about when he get, ventures into TV and film and whatever. When he sticks to comics, you usually get a pretty good story out of it. And this has been a pretty damn good story. Uh, this Stargirl and the Lost Children book. This is another one that good old sneaky, sneaky Scott at Read More Comics snuck into my pile. But he did that wisely because I am a sucker for Jeff Johns. Uh, I am a sucker for sort of golden age type stuff. So he has this sort of new golden age. I don't know what it is. It's a line. I don't know. And it's not an Elseworlds. I believe it is in the continuity, but it involves a JSA book which is already on delays. So, you know, is what it is there. And this star girl, the lost children, which I, I think is supposed to kind of merge with that JSA book, but now the schedules are all screwed up. Who knows? For some reason, you know, I, I don't know. At, at some point you have to wonder if it's what the common denominator is, you know, because all these Jeff John John's books, um, uh, I don't know about flashpoint. That's probably going further back. He was probably on time then, but um Doomsday right, clock, Doomsday clock, <laughs> uh, J, not the JSA. Exactly. I mean, these these books. I always think I always tend to blame an artist in my mind when a book is late. But at some point, you have to look at these and say, "All right, maybe maybe it's Jeff Johns having too many uh, 
you know, too many pots on the on the stove or what have you. But anyway, this is a very good. This is a very entertaining book, and this is a, this is a, just a it's a wild jaunt through space and time, and it involves a character that I've really grown an affinity for. Reading the original Jeff Johns JSA, which I've been going through behind the paywall on the Patreon in the show called A Case of the Runs, and I'm looking at a run right there, Jeff Johns' run on the JSA from the uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, featuring a character that he created, which is Courtney Whitmore, a.k.a. Stargirl, who has kind of inherited um, the mantle of, well, who was once stri- star- the Star-Spangled Kid and Stripesy, and then she also has, like, the powers of Starman, and there's a whole whole crazy, wacky story that, that goes on there. But this is a Jeff Johns original character, and her, along with Emiko, who is a uh, an Arrow, Arrowverse character, not the TV series Arrowverse, but, you know, the uh, in that realm of comics, uh, she's mm-hmm. sort of like a little female um, Arrow. And they have figured out because there's all. So, did you read Flashpoint Beyond, Remzo, or did you just hear me talk about Flashpoint? I Beyond? just heard you talk about it. All right. So, Flashpoint Beyond, I can't recap it. It's 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 wild and wacky. And Jeff John, it's Jeff John, kind of trying to tie in actually Doomsday Clock and Flashpoint and all of this stuff together. And at, at the end of that, basically, it's revealed that the the Time Masters, which are represented in this series by this kid Corky, Corky the Time Master, uh, they have basically there are these these characters that had been removed from history and now they're sort of like being reinserted back into history. So like we're seeing some appearances of them in the JSA book um, and in, in other sort of, in, as well as early on in this book. Can I and, assume that all that new frontier shit is dead <laughs> at this point? I never read any, any of that stuff and I don't think I'm missing anything. So, or the infinite frontier, infinite frontier. Yeah. We read, yeah, we read, we read I don't the think limited anything... series and we were like, Oh, look at all the amazing things they're going to do. Like infinite frontier dead. Um, well, what was that, the thing that Future does kind of play dead. into this a little bit like infinite frontier partially led into the death of the justice league and uh, the crisis, the dark crisis on infinite earths, which does kind of connect to the multiverse aspect of all this, but you definitely don't need, need any of that stuff uh no this is just fun actually it sounds crazy and convoluted but it's actually really just fun and we meet a lot of these new side it's basically all these sidekick characters were removed from history uh and they are being kept on this island that's like basically out of time so courtney and amico are end up teaming up with corky to go try to rescue these kids and which i I guess ultimately reinsert them back into continuity of sorts uh so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out because there's a lot of these characters i mean this issue opens up uh with like a two-page spread and it, it shows on the Damn. top and bottom like all these are all these freaking characters and it's just wild and you can tell Je- some of these now i i did a little research some of these are actually old golden age characters that they just kind of stopped using uh later on so and then some of these are actually completely new characters that jeff john's dreamed up uh so he's having a blast with this obviously you know jeff john's is a huge affinity for the golden age stuff loves to pull characters out of there and do new stuff with them so i'm sure he's having fun doing that um and then creating these new characters like like salem the witch girl one of my favorite new characters you got john henry irons jr you got whiz kid i'm a big fan of the whiz kid uh it's just good old fun and as always as i often discuss with my jsa book sometimes if you just read the description of what happens in a book it might not sound that great but in a jeff johns book you always can be pretty darn darn sure that no matter how big a story is no matter how how sort of over the top of the storylines are whether there's time travel space travel whatever it may be 
he always makes sure that you're invested in the characters themselves and that you get you gain an affinity for the characters and he does that in this book as well so even though it's this huge kind of almost absurd affair where there's these the island of uh sort of misfit uh sidekicks misfit are all sidekicks. trapped on this uh, on this <laughs> island uh it's just so much fun and you really it's it's kind of like a, it almost it feels like sort of like a kid's movie a kid's adventure movie but a really well done one and um it's is going to tie back into this sort of golden age not continuity it's just like a section of the universe i guess you could say focusing on sort of the jsa characters of the past present and future uh which is sort of in that the the the, the main jsa book it's a, it's a 12 issue series this is a six issue series so this is all going to fold back into it uh again though the jsa is now delayed so who knows how that screws things up timeline wise but just reading it in and of itself the art is an absolute uh blast here from uh greg knock so I mean I'm loving this book. I may as well do do fast grades. I would give this a nine, a nine out of ten, wow. e- easy. I mean the art the art's really awesome, and the book's a blast. And I, and at the end of the day, uh, we can overanalyze and whatnot all we want. But when when I've been going to the look, there's two reactions I have to books, and we'll get to the other one. And maybe it's on me for paying for books. I think are going to give me anxiety. But when I pick <laughs> up these two books, this Batman book and this Star and this Star Girl book. One of them I'm like excited to read, you know, I'm ex- I know I'm going to, I know I'm not going to walk away like wondering why this thing happened and what's going on. And in this one, I just knew I, I had that like not in my stomach even, and I still purchased it because I've, I've just decided to, to, to stick with this thing for now. Kind of like the Tom King thing, you know, once yeah. it takes a certain direction, I almost feel obligated to, to play it out for the fans. You know, I feel, I feel like I got to know so you can know what I'm knowing and what's driving me crazy. So anyway, that's my review of Stargirl. I'll let you, I'll let you read one of your books, uh, talk about one of your books, and then we'll get back to my, my, my grievances here. Yeah. So I went ahead and binge read the three issues of Superman space age. It is an Elseworlds title in which basically um, I, I, I will spoil it, but only because this book is not really good at not spoiling things for itself. I'll put it this way. This is a Elseworlds book that takes place in an alternate version of the 60s. So you're seeing modern or, you know, real events carry out. You're seeing the 1964 election. You're seeing the assassination of JFK. You're seeing the space race with the Russians. You're seeing uh, race riots in the South and stuff like that. So they try and parallel it to the 60s. If that sounds familiar, a lot of it feels like Justice League New Frontier which is a phenomenal limited series, a phenomenal limited series. Dare I say one of the best DC animated films that has come out ever. And I love Justice League New Frontier. This basically takes Justice League New Frontier and it distills it down to a story that is really lacking a lot of substance and artwork that relies on cliches and nostalgia in order to carry it page to page because these are almost like those black label books they're a little bit pricier but you're getting a premium for the page count and everything like that with that said it is the merging of justice league new frontier whatever happened to the man of tomorrow by alan moore and infinite and a crisis on infinite earths it doesn't handle any of those subplots really well and what they try and do is then they try and throw in a little bit of Watchmen in there with the fact that the government <laughs> is also what kind of... Don't tell me Dr. Justice Manhattan League. makes an appearance. No, but they make... They, it turns into a Batman book by, like, issue two and not really well. Basically, take away all the trauma of Bruce Wayne and stuff and make him, like, Iron Man and try and give us, like, a, symp- a, symp- a sympathetic Joker backstory as they try and introduce their version of the Joker. And both of them just look really bad. 
it's a book that tries to tries to do a lot but fails at every attempt it's not historically accurate and i'm only saying that as somebody that wrote a book about which is a deal breaker 60s, for us when a, it comes to comics right? it's like if you're gonna include history in the comics don't intentionally distort things and then claim that what you're asserting is true if you want to change things then change it. You have the right to do that as an artist, but you can't say this is happening and this part is real, but then we're, then we're back in our fictional part. No, you can't really do that. Like um, we have JFK and we're in 1961, but also he's trans. Well, they, they try and make Barry Goldwater, who is one of my favorite American political figures. They try and, yeah, that's right, folks. I'm a conservative. Don't tell me they made Goldwater gay. No, they make, they make <laughs> Goldwater like this, uh, this like Confederate flag waving racist and stuff like that. And that's just, um, that that's not accurate at Better all. Better than gay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean oh, Barry right. Goldwater. If you want, if, you know, the show's about to get political. Barry Goldwater was pushing for civil rights uh, for African Americans for for decades before the Democrats decided to hijack it. But that's a whole thing, and that's how we gained five new one star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So basically, Superman Space Age. It's not a good Justice League Frontier homage. It's not a good whatever happened to the uh, Man of Tomorrow uh you know gimmick it's not good at aping uh crisis on infinite earths it's not good at being a watchman you know superhero deconstruction motif it's three issues of you wondering whether or not superman's a good person and in the process they That's also the one thing it- about superman i don't really want to wonder that's the problem i had with what was that i I, always, I think i blocked it out of my mind what was that story i think it was in episode four of this podcast where oh superman it, was, uh, it was the one where superman just decides to uh, walk across the country because he's been gone for a while yeah he decides to do just go take a long walk like forrest gump only not even running just walking and getting into all sorts of mischief i would say along the way sticking his nose where it doesn't belong and threatening uh threatening drug dealers with death if they just try to make a living it's like it's like kung fu with david carradine but if you make everything bad (laughs) oh and then there was the the part where he was gonna let the guy kill himself too remember that yeah that happened yeah that was the worst story and lois is like low-key trying to cheat on him and stuff it's just really that was when i thought you were trying to sell it to me as a good story you kind (laughs) of you kind of pulled one over my eyes on that one you got to keep the people you got to keep the people wondering but yeah so superman space age i would not recommend it it's not a good superman story it's not a good elseworld story it's just not good i think it had a lot of potential um and it just it, it, it failed on every count i i was not happy with it so if you're thinking about collecting it i would strongly advise saving your money for another book what does that translate to grade wise Grade wise, I would give the artwork a three, but I would give the story a one. I would give it a four Ooh, out of five. Wow. It's one of the worst. Brutal. It's one of the worst books I've read in a while. That's like Battle Scars level, bro. Honestly, yeah, I would say it's as bad as Battle Scars. Wow. Okay. Your your words did not make it seem as it seemed you made it seem sound not great, but not. I mean, the artwork, I I forget who does the artwork. Like the artwork is is by an artist that I actually remember reading in some Superman groups as a kid, uh, in some Superman comics as a kid. I think he did Adventures of Superman. I don't remember his name. He has a very unique style. Uh, I know he also did the FF book at Marvel uh, where he had like the alternate Fantastic Four team with like uh, Miss Thing, Ant-Man, She-Hulk, and I forget who the fourth person was, but it was a... 
it was I was just not happy. We have a comment from Eric. It didn't read Lazarus Planet. Definitely the worst thing. Definitely worse than most of Marvel's current catalog. You're right. I didn't read Lazarus Planet. That's where you're wrong, Bucko. I did read one of them. Uh, I, did, I read whatever the first one was. I think it was uh, Lazarus Planet Alpha because I'm a sucker for some DC event and it had Mark Wade. So I was like, ah, let me give it a shot. Is it worse than anything Marvel's done? I don't know, but it was it was confusing and convoluted. I think I liked the art. I remember thinking the art was cool, but I mean, just in in the same way, you know, that's that's the only nice thing I could say about it. It was definitely definitely one of the least good things. Probably the worst thing I've ever read from Mark Wade, to be honest. Eric, I'll, I'll make you a deal when I because Eric is one of our producers um, and he gets graphic novels from us. The next time I send you a book, I'll give you my three issues of Superman Space Age. I don't think it's, that's what he wants for his book. Well, I don't well, want you mean, it in, my in addition. To, in addition, also get, I'll, okay, I'll give okay. him his book and I'll just give him those three issues because I want to make room for comics. I actually oh, he said like. that one was OK. The Mark Wade one. OK, I mean, I, I didn't think it was good, but it just wasn't the worst thing I'd ever read. Yeah. So I guess I guess it gets worse from there. Yeah. So Superman Space Age. I'm not. Like, don't punish him not just for making a comment. Gee, you could give him this shitty. Well, who's ever complained about of... free comics? Even no, if no, yeah, free. it's fine if it's a if it's an add-on, as yeah. long as it's not a replacement. That no, would be, I wouldn't that would punish people nice. like that. I don't hate it. I don't hate anyone enough to replace the good comic with the bad comic. Okay, well, what do you like want to hear about sour next? sour patch kids? You know, what do you want to hear about next? Ramza? Oh, did you you gave it a score four, right? Yeah. Four. Do you want to hear next from me? Do you want? Yes, I would. Well, I know, but you didn't answer the question. It's my palate. All right, I'll let you choose a comic Superman that I, issue I, one. That's what you want to hear. Okay, yeah, well, it's actually it's actually issue two. This is, but I'll talk issue about two. both of them. Okay. Yeah, it's it's number two of the series. Is this that, is this like an actual like renumbering or is it like legacy number? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And this is a first issue of a new era. Type of There's movie. no legacy numbering on here. This is the Dawn of DC labeled like Superman number one. Um, okay. You know, they always do this stuff, though. It wouldn't surprise. Well, no, action's kind of the one that they keep that they're keeping the number. They never on. renumber action. Yeah. So action's going to say what happened. it is. And I will say in in. At the same time, as I'm reading this Superman, I've kind of been on a little bit of a Superman kick lately. Uh, I'm also reading two other books. Now I started cause I have hoopla and Hoopla's awesome. And I wanted to check out this Philip Kennedy Johnson action. So I went and started at the, the beginning of this, this war world arc. Cause I had read that Superman, the authority series like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back and read all that. So I started reading that and I actually kind of am digging the way he writes Superman. So I'm a, I will report back as I dig through that on hoopla. And then I'm also reading all-star superman as well after you talked about it and i had spent years like knowing oh you're actually reading that now i'm actually reading that right now as well also on hoopla hoopla's Hoopla's just a fantastic thing for reading comics you just don't feel like buying but no you should read so maybe that's not fair to this book because i'm reading some really pretty pretty good superman all-star superman is a pretty high freaking standard 
Yeah, it's great stuff. Anyway, I'm not talking about either of those today. I'm talking about Superman by Joshua Williamson. This is number two. I'll talk about number one and number two, basically, though. But the, the general premise, which is kind of interesting, um, and Lex Luthor's in jail, you know, for whatever he did in the in the previous Superman series that I didn't read, but something something nefarious, I suppose. Uh, of course, Lex Luthor in jail gets like all this holographic equipment so he can like go and talk to other people, and he's always has all this technology inside because he's fucking Lex Luthor. So you know, he he's the kingpin. He he pretty much runs the place obviously um so he's done uh, something i always kind of like with with characters like lex luther is when you know when they're, they're they do the whole thing like hey i'm here to do some good now i'm doing good things now and which can be tropey at times but if done right it's 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 pretty cool because you can do it in a way where they're they're doing something that ends up helping but you're always wondering okay so what's the angle there's some angle here but then you know if done well you you can start to become endearing to that character and as i think for a while i mean they spent they spent a I want to say three or four years with Lex Luthor as super Lex uh, during the new 52, where he was straight up a hero and they stuck with it for a long, long, long time. It really wasn't until it almost seemed like the status quo that even if he wasn't going to be like super Lex, he was at least going to be like a member of the justice league. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, I think until really the whole uh, death metal, dark Knights, death metal, all rebooty stuff that they right after that. Yeah. They they didn't do Lex very fairly of that. No, but right after that, they brought him back to his old glory. Um, yeah. And what was a pretty good Justice League run that, that came out of that. But nonetheless, uh, right now I'm reading, this is Joshua Williams, Superman. And the general premise here is Lex Luthor is handing, he's handing his corporation over to Superman, Lex Corp, and he's calling it Super Corp or Supes Corp, I think. Super Corp, Soup Corp, whatever it is. Uh, and Lu- Superman is the owner of it, but he wants nothing to do with this because he he wants nothing to do with Lex's wealth uh, or whatever whatever plot he's got going on, obviously. But there's but Lex is really smart, so he has all these loopholes, which I, I think are pretty interesting. He's like, well, I'll just, because Superman's like well i'll just sell the company he's like if and there's a clause that if the company gets sold then it gets shut down everybody loses their job so now so of course superman has a thing where okay i kind of have to not do this thing that because i don't want to cost all these nice people their jobs so i guess i just won't sell the company but he really wants nothing to do with with what's going on here but technically he is the owner of what was LexCorp and the and the controlling officer of LexCorp now um so it's kind of an interesting, interesting Superman sort of Superman versus of corporate bureaucracy. I love this. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of interesting. I, I will say it. I don't, I don't mind the premise. Uh, the art by Jamal Cambo is, is pretty decent. And, uh, you know, in, in this issue, in, in, in number two, we, uh, Superman is battling the parasite. He's like an old Superman villain. I, I think yeah. like the Supergirl became par- parasite became Supergirl at one point, or am I, am I, am I just confusing them? Cause the, cause there's, remember when Supergirl you're, you're was getting, purple, you're getting her alien? confused of matrix that you're matrix. You're right. Matrix. And That's then you right. got, you got Rudy. <laughs> who was a janitor who was then infected by some type of like, you know, he fell into a vat of something and became the parasite. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Correct. Well, now parasite is not just a parasite. Uh, I should say it's, it's revealed in the course of this, that like there's these other guys targeting Superman for whatever reason. And then Lex says, Oh yeah, these aren't your villains this time, Superman. These are my, my enemies. So these are enemies of Lex Luthor supposedly that are, and they're like, they're called like the league of mad scientists. Uh, and these guys are like guys that are supposedly trying to take out Metropolis. And now that Lex is not there. So now you're also still left to wonder while Lex is trying to sort of help Superman. He's like, look, come break me out, Superman. You know, like, cause they, they shut 
shut down the power using Parasite because Parasite like sucks. Oh, the power so he wants Superman to fight his battles for him. I mean, that's what you're. I think that's kind of what you're meant to believe. That you're obviously meant to suspect Lex is sort of behind didn't, this. Didn't Lex kill a member of the Authority recently? Like we know that he's just like like he's not good Lex anymore. Yeah, I mean he's he's clearly bad Lex, but you know they 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 play it in a way that you could you can, you're not going to believe he's heroic, but you can believe that he is enemies of these other guys and might legitimately have an interest in defeating them. Or you could think is he setting the whole thing up just to get yeah. you know to to put himself as as the hero. Anyway, it's, it's done fairly well. Um, I do think the second issue I, I like the first issue a lot better than the second issue. The second issue was just like a lot of Superman battling Parasite, and they kind of changed what Parasite was. Now Parasite like multiplies and and infects people so now suddenly we have this like thing where he's infecting other people and at the end of this can i spoil things i could yeah. spoil things right yeah spoiler if you don't want to be have superman number two spoil uh lois lane is infected and is like has like becoming a parent oh, she'll be fine so that's our yeah, I know she's going to be fine. I'm not worried about her at all. I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. Um, so the, the second issue felt a little more standard fare, but I, I do like kind of the the underlying storyline uh, and the the idea of what is Lex really up to here and what's his whole scheme. And there, it is kind of like a reset. Like they made clear that we no one knows. I don't know what Hall went on there. I don't even remember where Superman revealed his identity. Was that during the New 52? No, he revealed it during the uh, Brian Michael Bendis run oh. right around the time of mm. uh, of a uh, dark. They're already dark, fixing dark Bendis metal. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, all the Bendis money. stuff has basically been scrapped. They're like, yeah. is he is he even right there anymore? Is he done? He's I just doing he, the Bendis I think stuff. He's now? taking a break because he's not doing any titles. He had Superman, he had Action Comics, he had Justice League. Uh, I liked his Action Comics. Uh, I read a bit of his Superman. I was happy with that. His Justice League was atrocious. And I, I was really upset because I thought the guy who wrote my favorite new Avengers run would obviously not fuck up the justice league of all things. Shane kiss is a Atlanta Lang fan here. He's timing in Lois Lane has been a parasite for a while on my interest in Superman. Uh, comics. Why all the hate on Lois on Lois Lane? He must not be watching Superman and Lois on CW then. <laughs> That's a smoking Lois. I'm not going to lie. Um, so this was this. Is, I, I would I would say I'm not necessarily excited about this run, but I'm interested enough that I will probably continue to pick it up as Scott sneaks into my stack until I'm until I'm offended by it in some way, shape, or form. Um, so it's it's decent enough. I will give this issue uh, since we're doing grades here. Why don't I give this? I give about a three and a half for the story and about a, a three and a half for the art. I'll give it a seven. It's reasonable. You can read it on so Sunday my, and not be too offended. My, yeah, my, my next Superman book, and this was not collaborated. You and I didn't know we were all just going to talk about Superman books the entire time. My Superman book is issue one of Superman Lost. It's a 12-issue limited series, so I'll probably be reading this for the next year. Um, basically, and I can't tell whether it's Elseworlds or whether it's going to be connected into the modern continuity, but the, the premise is, and I feel like I've seen this before because they did a Justice League episode like this. Uh, for the Justice League animated show. And I'm pretty sure I've read a Superman comic where they also did something kind of like this. But basically, it starts out with Lois and Clark. They're in their apartment. They're talking about something. They're making plans for the week. And all of a sudden, uh, as she turns around, he goes from you know just looking like Clark to now he's in the Superman costume. And he just looks freaked out. And next thing you know, Batman shows up at their door and he's about to tell her that Superman is dead but as soon as he's about to say that he looks into the room and sees superman just staring at him like freaking out and batman is like what and then what we discover is that on a recent justice league mission um there was a wormhole that occurred 
in the ocean that was dragging like this Navy vessel and stuff. And Superman, in order to save the vessel and a bunch of other people, including a few Justice Leaguers, he actually flies into the wormhole to cut off the connection to whatever's on the other side. And in the process, he is gone for what is the Earth equivalent of 20 years. But somehow, in some way, he was able to escape that. And that's how he appears back in his apartment. He can barely talk. Like he can barely talk. Like he, Superman struggles to talk. And Batman doesn't even know what's going on. Lois is just like, Bruce, what'd you do to my freaking So is husband? it 20 years in the future or it's 20 years for him? It's been 20 years for him. So it, so it, it could be in this continuity. So it's interesting because you see it from Lois's perspective. One minute she's having a conversation with Clark. The next minute she turns around and something has happened to Clark. So basically, at the end of the issue, that's when Superman is like, you don't understand. I have been missing for 20 years. And the next couple issues, well, the rest of the series is discussing what happened. And then she's Superman like, no, you're not. Point. You're right. You've been right here. Yeah, you've yeah, been like right end. here the entire time. Yeah. So the, the rest of the series is going to explore what happened to Superman in that 20 year period. And uh, I, I got to say, like, the setup is long in this issue. What I will say is what saves it is that it's not from Superman's perspective. It's from Lois's perspective because it's leaving a lot more to to be, you know, to be a little bit more mysterious. By the end of it, you're really like, dude, like what happened? Like everything is established enough that I think that we're going to get a good jumping on point for the rest of the story. Um, the artwork, I'll give a three. The The story and everything. I think it's the perspective that really uh, dictates it, especially when they show how Superman has like forgotten how to speak, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I'm not going to talk to anybody for 20 years. Maybe you just literally it, it, it's forget. giving away. It's giving away castaway vibes. So if this is like Superman castaway, then I'm I'm pretty down for it. I think I'm going to collect it. So I'm going to give this first issue a six out of ten, which basically means, you know, it's got my attention and I think it's got potential. You saying Superman Castaway just conjured an image of Tom Hanks as Superman in my mind. <laughs> Maybe young Tom Hanks. Wilson! <laughs> Olsen! <laughs> All right, well, I suppose the time has come for me to talk about a book I have very, very mixed emotions about. Now, when I first found this comic book comic store, Read More Comics, I decided, you know what? I want to support my local comic book store. Um, I'm going to, because I had been buying a couple of digital comics here and there. Uh, so I decided I'm going to start buying a few comics every month and maybe there I'll rotate go. what they are. But maybe just a few, you know, I'm not going to go crazy here because I like, let's face it. I have access. I have methods of reading a lot of comics. I don't necessarily need to pay money for. So I'm not going to do it too much, uh, but I'm going to do it to support a local comic store owner and you know to support the comic book economy and such. So one of the books I honed in on at the time, because it was a writer I liked a lot, a writer I'd seen a lot of his, I, I believe he was both of our writer of the year last year, Chip Zdarsky, uh, was taking over Batman. Just my classic sort of all time, like favorite character in the sense of like when i get a good run on batman i'm, I'm the most excited about batman done well now that, that's mm -hmm. like that's what i get stoked about um and it's a character that i started with marvel so i, I was kind of like a marvel firster I, I guess you could say but the characters i ended up gaining more affinity for as my comic fandom matured were more the batman the superman because when those characters are done right i really do think they're just the best of, of two sides of a superhero coin uh so that is all a long way to say that I was pretty excited about Chip Zdarsky taking over the Batman book. And it started off pretty hot, too. I really I kind of liked the beginning of the storyline. That failsafe storyline was good. 
We got some failsafe. We got some Zurinar, which is a little, I, I believe I said this at the time because we were talking about this stuff when it first came out. And I said, I was getting a little bit of Grant Morrison-y vibes with the Zurinar stuff. But if done, if done sparingly and done well, I'm okay with it. Well, it's no longer vibes, my friend. I mean, we, we are in the <laughs> book Morrison. Is not the vibe. We are in the Morrison verse right now. And there's this thing when writers clearly love Grant Morrison and clearly try to do Grant Morrison-y things that it's just, it's like compounding interest. So Grant Morrison loves Silver Agey stuff and Golden Agey stuff and loves to bring it all together and then do something really weird with it, right? That's a Grant yeah, Morrison That's a good way of, to describe it. Right? And then there's these new age of writers, like James Gunn is one of them too. He has such an affinity. Like seven of the stories he's basing movies on are Grant Morrison books. And again, I'm loving All-Star Superman. I think Grant Morrison's a spectacular writer, but when he gets into superhero books... Whether you like it or not, this is his, this is his thing. Take some Silver Agey stuff, homage it, but make it kind of weird. Yeah, and that's fine when it works. But the problem with these writers that grow up loving the Grant Morrison stuff is that then they try to homage Grant Morrison stuff. So then they're homaging an homager that's homaging something and twisting it and making it all weird. And then they're trying to homage that. And then trying to make that weird. So you're homaging and weirding out a thing that's already homaged and weirded out. So then you get these these this compounding interest to the point that it, you can't even recognize anything that's being homaged in the first place. And this mm. is all a long way to say, I don't know what the fuck Chip Zdarsky is doing anymore. And I've tried to tell myself that it's okay, that like he knows what he's doing. Trust the plan. I was getting a lot of trust <laughs> the plan vibes from myself here. You just think, you know, maybe Chip Zdarsky's really wearing an ankle bracelet somewhere and, and he's being forced to write this. You, you, try, you try to dream up all these explanations in your mind. So what's been going on now is... Well, ultimately, this, this failsafe was a robot who was a backup plan that Zurin R, who is Batman's failsafe backup plan in his mind, created in case Batman ever went bad and murdered anyone, which he did, but he didn't. He murdered uh, the Penguin. That's not really true. We already know the Penguin's still alive, but the Penguin mm -hmm. faked his own death. That's a whole other storyline. The weird thing about this run which, with Sadarsky, and this is consistent through the first two storylines, and that, I think that's why they charge more for this book. It's four ninety nine. I think it's a little bit thicker uh, of a book because we always get a pretty beefy backup story, like a 10 to 12 page backup yeah. story. The backup stories have been better than the main story the whole time. The first set of backup stories was uh, Catwoman being hired by this. It sounds absurd when I say it out loud, being hired by this robot lawyer to, to investigate uh, the penguin's death and find all his sons and track down all his sons uh, that are owed, like that are like the heirs to his, her, his estate. And for some reason she's hired for this, but she ends up like, and finding the real cobblepot and finding out that he faked his death and all this stuff. So, so Batman is being killed by failsafe because he was a killer, but that's not even true. And to me, that's, I don't like the premise there. Cause now we're saying failsafe is dumber than, than the penguin. The failsafe you know, was a bad failsafe. Yeah. This genius robot is because failsafe is actually, it's kind of like you could make the same argument for Hal in 2001 space odyssey. He actually is following his programming. It's just the programmers did some dumb things in there and didn't think everything through. Uh, so failsafe really is following his program. This is like if you had chat GPT is like a alcoholics anonymous <laughs> accountability, buddy. Failsafe is, is, is a little bit scarier than chat GPT, but not by much. Yeah. And so what happens in the end here is 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 there's this whole battle and it it appears this is this is issues ago. This is just the setup to the weird place we are now. It appears that that failsafe is going to kill Batman, but then something happens. I forget how Tim Drake says something to failsafe that he figured out something where 
there was compassion, some some compassion program. <laughs> I forget what it was. He said some word that like made him register the compassion, but then failsafe like his compassion is triggered, but then he shoots Batman and, and it seems like he's killed. He's well, he's gone. We know what happens when Batman gets shot by some weird gun and he's gone. He's he's not dead. Everybody calm down. This happened in final crisis and he was just displaced in time and all that. So again, a Grant Morrison, thing. this is a Grant Morrison, thing, And now we're homaging that same thing. Only we're not sending him back in time necessarily. We're sending him to, uh, I guess an alternate reality. We're in a world that doesn't have a Batman. And it's just like, okay. And I thought maybe he was just going to do this for a minute. Like, okay. And then we'll figure out it was just some dream or something. No, no. Now we spend four issues in this alternate reality in this other world that doesn't have a Batman. There's different versions of every character. And we are just in full on. And just when you think it's like, okay, Batman's going to, maybe it's a dream or maybe he's going to wake up. Cause now, now the backup storyline, cause there's this always that decent backup storyline, which I have been enjoying. Tim Drake figures out that failsafe shot him with this gun that was made by the toy maker or the toy man, something like that. One of those guys, whichever okay. one's actually a villain, that one. And, uh, and this gun, the toy man made it so he could transport himself to this dimension where everything is toys or something weird like that. But then, then failsafe took that gun, which was being stored in the in Superman's fortress of solitude. And he made an adjustment to it to send him to a different alternate dimension. So his compassion in failsafe's mind, this compassion thing that was triggered in him, he, instead of it, it made him not kill Batman Instead, his way of compassion was to send him to a world without a Batman. So then he could become the Batman man of that world and it also like removes chance i guess so to me you could just like not let him die you could just like not shoot him with this, this is why i was thinking a lot about the because there's been calls to make a fourth dark knight movie with christopher nolan by fans it's not there's no real traction behind it but it's like you know as i was thinking about the, the norland verse is that something that stupid like that like it's like you know just let just let it lie that that scene in which you know bruce is with uh anne hathaway in Paris and you know, he sees Alfred and stuff like that. And it shows that he moved on. I used to hate that scene, but the older I get and the more the stories get just really convoluted. I'm like, you know what? There's not a, there's nothing wrong with endings. Sometimes there's something wrong with endings. And when I hear something like this, it's like where you got to homage the homage. It's like, I got so mad during the Darth Vader, uh, Obi-Wan fight scene at the end of the Obi-Wan series where the scene where it's like he cracks his mask and he says some shit and it's like they took that from rebels it's like there's there you don't homage the homage and make it shitty at the same time shane is coming in hot today he wants to be sent to a world where there's no tim drake there is no tim drakes that, anymore that's, why that's because sad about canceled this. his book <laughs> that's what's sad about this tim drake is my robin you know, Tim Drake boy. was good during this Batman. Where did I go? Where did I lead him wrong? Like Tim <laughs> he, Drake he didn't was learn really, this from me. Yeah, Tim Drake was written very well by Sadarsky by Chuck in this Dix run. Dixon as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sadarsky's. I mean, I love Tim Drake in this. In He's terms great. of recent stuff, this is totally. the one time I've looked at Tim, and I'm like, Tim is the appropriate Robin for this. And I've been enjoying the Tim, the Tim Drake in the in the backup stories, doing this sort of investigation. And now, and now, so now Tim puts on with the help of Mister Terrific, a character that I love because he's just absurd and he wears a big T on his face and, <laughs> and he's Mr. hilarious. Terrific. And I and I'm really enjoying Mister Terrific in the Jeff Johns JSA run. So there's you should read the Terrifics. It's their it's DC's version of um <laughs> of the Fantastic Four, which came out in like 2017, 2018. I really mm -hmm. liked that. It was stupid, but I really liked it. I love everything. I'm Mr. Terrific. Yeah. And he's not even, you think he's 
a ripoff of Mr. Fantastic, but there is a, an original Mr. Terrific from the Golden Age that was before this version of Mr. Terrific. Yeah. So maybe the Terrifics is a takeoff on the Fantastic Four, but the original Mr. It, Terrific. It is, but it does it. it in a really fun way. I, I liked it. I'll put it that way. Well, anyway, I, and we get Mr. Terrific and Robin like trying to figure out this whole multiversal thing, and they, of course, they Mr. Terrific like reverse engineers the gun or something to figure out, you know, some nonsense like that. That's this. None of this is. That's actually the part I like. Uh, so the the part that everything I talked about is kind of normal, like uh, not normal. It's weird storyline stuff, but I don't even mind it till the point I'm going to get to. So now. Mm-hmm. Batman's in this weird world. It takes him a while to figure out what's going on. There's like other versions of, of Ghostmaker, other versions of Harvey Dent, um, et cetera. And there's this red mask guy who's like, we figure out is something. We don't know who he is. And then they reveal who he is. And they just, it's this name we've never heard before. It's like Steve Harlington. I don't remember what it is. Some weird name. And then they're like, oh, this is the guy that would have become the Joker in this world. So I guess this is like supposed to be the Joker, but he didn't become the Joker. Instead, he became this red mask guy. So oh, like the, Red Hood? I guess, yeah, I think, yeah. Now I really, that, yeah, that's a play on Red Hood, of course. So now this joke, so now there's too many things going on here. So this, this and this Red Mask character. Is this all in one issue? <clears throat> no, I'm, well, no, I'm describing the whole storyline. Okay. This is all in the, la- this part is all in this issue. The reveal of this guy is the Joker. And this Joker is using this Harvey Dent gas, like this fear gas to like unleash it upon the city. But then also this fear gas has something to do with multiversal energy. And, and the, so basically the Joker, this, he's not the Joker, he's the red mask, but he has, has used this multiversal machine to look through the eyes of other versions of himself in the multiverse. So he has seen this version of the Joker that from Batman's world. And he like, and he, he thinks he's so free. He's like, that's the, that's the version of me. I want to be. This is so like now a deep he's, version of the Mobius chair. He's trying to like harness multiversal energy to send himself or to bring into this universe, that other Joker that is from Batman's universe. And then somehow I'm sure this, that, that plan is going to lead to Tim getting into this multiple alternate reality and, and finding their way back, I guess this is probably what will happen, but my God, it's like, but you say, is that all in one issue? No, but like a lot of it. Yeah. Like, like the, the whole thing with the fake Joker and the multiversal energy stuff and the fear guy, that's all in this one issue. And that, and this is, you know, that's before we get to the backup with, with Tim and Mr. Terrific. So it's just like, and my favorite part of this, which I don't think they even did in this, this, this episode, this issue, here we go. Oh. Um, they have a, 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 um, a commissioner Gordon, who's like a ghost who like, this is why you didn't know if it was like a real multiverse before and why it's still confusing. Cause, cause Batman Bruce has this, this ghost of, of this like skeleton ghost of commissioner Gordon. Who's like a skeleton with a trench coat and a mustache. Actually kind of funny. That's like my favorite part of this. And he like, he like follows Batman around in his, like his spirit guide or something. So it's like, is this real? But then oh, it so is he's real the walking exposition. He's the walking exposition. Yeah. And it's weird because if it's a multiverse, why is there also a ghost that looks like Mr. Bones of Commissioner Gordon following Batman. I don't know. That part is the most confusing part, but it's very Grant Morrison-y. And I do feel like Chip Zdarsky is homaging and weirding out the homager and the weirder outer. And I think it just results in, in madness. And it's, it's actually just hard for me to believe that this is the same guy that's, that's written that daredevil, that daredevil run. That's the, has the grounded daredevil, the street fighting daredevil, um, the espionage daredevil. Like he writes such a great daredevil that I really assume that would translate to his approach to Batman. But apparently he really loves Grant Morris and Batman. And here we are. So I'm just kind of waiting now because I do in some sense have an affinity for Chip Zdarsky as a writer, 
that I just kind of want to see where this all goes. And that's why I'm probably going to stick through this storyline at least. Cause I just, uh, you like, you've gotten so weird on me that I'm just like, so, okay, there's going to be some awesome point at the end. Right. Like, and then I'm going to be like, Oh, I see why he did all this. So that's kind of like what I'm waiting for, but not necessarily expecting. Cause this has been a weird journey. Yeah. I mean, Chip Zdarsky's writing so many books. Like he came out with that one book last October. He must've run this whole storyline in, in a weekend. Maybe that's what it was. Something like that. I mean, I, I will, I, I think I want to pick it up. I, I think, uh, like I need to pick up fail safe in the graphic novel format. I read a digital one by one. It's on Hoopla. It. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, bad. it's, uh, I, I will always give him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, based off what you've described, it's like, this is, this I'm not is, doing it justice too. It's way weirder than I described. Like you gotta, you should read it just for out of curiosity's sake, even if you can read it without paying eventually on, yeah. on Hoopla or what have you. Um, I guess I should grade it too. I how, do. How would you grade it? Oh, very carefully. I, I guess now they had a different Does it have artist. the same artist as Jorge Jimenez. No, which is, is too bad. Cause I really loved his art. I, love, I love his stuff. The art is a big downgrade now from especially coming off of Jorge Jimenez. Uh, I'm trying to find where is the goddamn credits page? I'm 19 pages into this thing. I think, oh, they do it at the end now. That's right. DC does this weird thing where they do the title of the issue and the credits page at the very end. And then they do the backup. Isn't that weird? That yeah. Is weird. Batman, Batman of Gotham part four. This is on page like 19. And then we do the, the backup story. Anyway, art by Mike Hawthorne. It's not horrible, but it's not very good. I would, I'm just going to give the art a, this is a regular 2.5, exactly average art. And then the story, it's like, yeah, no, I'm giving the story a 2.5. I don't know what the fuck wow. this is. And that's like nice. That's being, it's a fuck you five. It's a fuck wow. you five. That's a, it's no homage to, to Jim over at Weird Science. It's a, because it, I do feel like saying fuck you to this thing. I'm actually kind of angry <laughs> because I paid. How much is each issue? Is it four, is it 4.99? Yeah. And I think the anger is more towards myself, you know, as, as these things often go, whenever you find yourself upset with someone, you know, it's often a, really a mirror and something you're upset about with yourself. So I'm saying I'm upset with Chip Zdarsky. I'm upset. I'm probably just upset with myself for continuing to pay for this comic after three issues of this. This is part four issue one. I'm like, maybe this is a dream. You know, he's, but now I'm like, no, I guess this is really another universe. They're really playing into this multi-use versatile energy stuff. But I mean, my favorite part of it is ghost commissioner Gordon, but that part, it makes no sense with what they're saying. The storyline is so I don't know, man. And I'm going to until... do it again in a two, a couple of weeks. I'm going to go give them that money again. Wait until brave and the bold comes out in theaters, whenever that is, because you know, it's just going to be nothing but Grant Morrison shit on the stands. And I, I, that actually excites me just out of, out of morbid curiosity just to see what happens there. I mean, I'm not saying this in a negative way. Like I, my favorite Batman run is of um, Grant Morrison's uh, uh, Batman and Robin from the mid two thousands. Like I loved it. Like it was just really yeah. Good. The James Guns too. You guys should hang out. Yeah, yeah. We should. We will both dye our hair white and shit like that, and cast his wife in all our projects. You know, I, I should do an honorable mention here. I don't know if you, you finished it yet, just because it, it did wrap up and just to say to mention something besides uh besides a DC book today. Uh but I did finish up Berserker. Did you finish Berserker yet? No. Is all it, right, well, is then, it then done, I, done? I won't I won't spoil it then because it, it's the 12 issues and I think this is the end of it. So I guess I won't spoil it. I'll just say I liked it, but it got weird in the end, and I'm not sure if I liked that last issue as much as I did the previous issues. That's that. That's as far as I'll go with the review because I want you to. to but Berserker it. has been one of our top titles for I think like three years now. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not three too years. Surprised. No, it's been like a year. It's been out no. pretty consistently. Ever no, it's, it came out in 2020, Mark. No, it didn't. Mark, it came out in 2020. I, I could have sworn it's been. It's been. No, you. You know what? You're right because I was in Los Angeles when it came out, and that was at least a year and a half, at minimum, ago. All right. Well, I thought it was being consistent. 
the way he just kind of zoned into the distance like has it really been that long yeah no they, they came I actually out thought you, i thought you were frozen i think we were both staring at each other frozen for a second there <laughs> like really contemplating i was like, I was like is remzo frozen and then you may have been thinking the same thing about what, what's weird about all these books like i just feel like now all like the new titles with all the new writers and artists and everything and even just like some new books that we haven't typically read in the past it's only been in like the past year whereas all the other books are really just catching up from 2020. Do you feel like we're finally now getting like the books that we should have the been getting a couple years ago? The doomsday clock just wrap up? Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go through a, a flurry of comments from, from Shane here as we wind up. Jim Shoot. Gordon Spectre would, would be fun, actually. Yeah, I agree. Jim I Gordon would like that. That would be pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Uh, let's see. What else? Mark's favorite Mr. Terrific is from Arrow. Did you see the Arrow with Mr. Oh, Terrific? Oh, my gosh. That's an insult. I'm assuming it was really bad. It was really bad. <laughs> And yeah, and then a, and a one chat out for Keanu. Keanu! <laughs> Have you seen John Wick four yet? I haven't seen John Wick two or three, but look, you should be impressed that I've seen John Wick. To be honest, everyone should and I like John Wick. Yeah, and now I'm at the point where I want to see John Wick four, but I much like with Creed, I need to see two before I. Even if you tell me I don't need to, I need to in my. You mind. actually, you actually do need to see those those the John movies. Wick movies. All right, yeah. so if I can convince my wife to watch John Wick two and three with me this weekend, then maybe we'll go see. Creed, four you could jump around. John Wick, you can't jump around. I can't jump around. I can jump around because I'm from the yeah. '90s. Anyway, that's it for this week, my friends. Uh, next week, we'll see what we do. Remzo and I may be recovering from something from an event. Or, or whatnot so we'll see we'll see what ends up in your feed it might be something fun it might be so it'll definitely be something fun it's always something fun but remzo why don't you wrap things up for us tell them everything they need to know particularly about how to give us money if they like. folks please if you want to go ahead and hear more of this audible chocolate that broadcasts into your ears every week please go ahead and support us at patreon.com slash second print pod you get access to exclusive shows content and more monthly calls with um mark and i and other fans of the show at certain levels uh for 25 dollar and up epic crossover level patrons you get a graphic novel every three months and if you're going to be awesome like a couple of our producers like eric and el jefe jeff you can go ahead and actually produce episodes of this very show so much more and you can get on the ground level at the issue one equivalent of support five dollars a month at patreon.com slash second print pod and if nothing else matters you can always leave us a five-star rating and review on apple podcast spotify stitcher or wherever you're downloading the show so as always wow you got that down pat damn and he was not reading it folks he does not have a teleprompter i just have no life in the memorize this like nothing better to do to do that seven times this morning but speaking of, going, speaking of never going to ask style, there is one thing. It's infinite. It's clear. And it comes to you for way less than $4.99. It's read comics and, and change, change the, the world. world. Good night, America. Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.